Yo, 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 what up everybody? Hey, so today is, um, shit, I don't even know what today is actually. It is February 9, Tuesday mornings, about 6.30 in the morning. I'm on my way to work. Um, it was a little late this morning, but it wasn't too late. But I'm just, I'm just gunning it now, pedal to the metal to work. Uh, actually, I'm never late because I'm the boss, so I can never be late. But I try to meet at 6.30 in the morning at my shop. But I've been lately... I don't know. I can't seem to get any earlier than like 6.45. Uh, but I think that's got a lot to do with what I do at the back end of the days. Which is fucking work out. Um, try to watch Netflix. And, and I think I'm going to ease up on that gas. You know, 6.30 to so like 3.30 here shortly because i'm gonna have another truck to help me out in the process so i might you know it's such a it's such a biatch because i don't know where motherfuckers get the time to work out and have and i'm not just a north a normal life but uh you know the fucking time man i mean like, like if you're a, if you're a a dude like I am and you were married and you had like two kids and you were like alright I'm gonna get into shape there's I don't know where the fuck you find the time there um you can eat right all you want but the problem with eating right all you want and having a conscience diet is literally like that helps but it doesn't really because I mean Humans, from what I've studied, were born... We've always been in survival mode for the better part of humanity's existence. So that meant intermittent fastings. And not... I mean, fastings is a really glorified word for starving. Like, hey, like, we didn't have any food to eat today. Which was the case in the dark ages and revolutionary time here in America. And and all of that. Fasting is just a, a... a way of saying, hey, you know what? We didn't have food to eat all the time. If you think about it, that's what fasting is. And that's actually what humans are supposed to do. So, But if you're eating right, you're eating like you're supposed to in this day and age, that means eating three meals a day, a, a light breakfast, a light lunch. So, but if you have kids and you, and you go to work, and granted, if your work is not a physical job, which, again, like has been the case most recently in the United States where the physicality of the job seemed to have dipped down as opposed to this entire time of civilization. And the entire time of civilization, uh, you know, most of the stuff was built by sheer brute strength and, and back break and sweat, like, so you didn't need that much exercising, but this day and age, it's like a lot of computer jobs, a lot of TV. I mean, a lot of it is not really hard work. So, but then again, I mean, I don't know where people get the time. They got to set aside time, and and that's what I'm getting to. I mean, I'm like, I I don't want to wake up. At 2 in the morning and try to work out at like 4 a.m. before I go to work. Because I feel like 
I need my strength and I need that little bit of sleep to to actually wake up and get up and be alive at like 4 a.m., 5 a.m. to take a shower, take a shit. I got my normal routine. I, I mean, I guess if I started work at like 9 or 10 a.m., like some people do. I mean, I guess exorcism at like 6 or 7 would be different. But I mean, I'm not hardwired that way. I was hardwired. I'm hardwired another way. I always wake up early no matter what. Not and not early like three a.m. early. I mean that's beyond it. But I'm always up at like six or seven a.m. Anyways, so but yeah, this exercising shit, you know, I can only do it in the night time. So I'm always constantly like, and I didn't exercise yesterday, but um, I'm just jamming out this morning. So bear with me. And I didn't mean to get into a fitness explanation first thing. I want to talk a little bit about the Super Bowl and that the fact that I didn't watch it. But was I not right? Was I not right? I mean, I predicted. I told you guys it was going to be a blowout. Uh, I didn't have the Bucks winning. I had the Chiefs blowing out the Bucks. But I knew it was going to be a blowout. Like, and that, and not only that, I told you that the score was going to be like thirty-one to fourteen. When I, I I was not that far, I was off by five points. The score was thirty-one nine. I I want to go back to that other episode. I told you guys the score was gonna be like thirty-one to fourteen, thirty-one to ten, or something like that. Thirty-one to seventeen. Like I was right on the money. Literally, I was on the money. Just had the teams mixed up. Uh, but I seen this coming. Uh, and, and I'll tell you why. I had a talk with my brother yesterday about. Uh, the NFL and and I gotta say this is the NFL's bad the, uh, the NFL regularly does this and and I understand it like they're the NFL is not the exception to money and it's not the exception to um, viewers and it's not the it's advertising and it's not the NFL is not the exception to the rule, like, at all. Like, this is literally, literally plays by the rules of any business, of any person, of any entity in the world. Like, the NFL's sole job, though it's an organization, it's got 32 uh, business entities in it. It's an organization bu- built on other organizations built on sort of an entertainment thing uh, it's just the case of any sports the NFL up at the top has to make to its investors and has to put up what they deem is the best for business it's not has nothing to do with fucking the NFL don't give a fuck about your health your anything they they as a matter of fact, it's so blatantly ass backwards. The NFL, they promote heavily alcohol consumption. Like literally, there's a fucking beer commercial. Like every every other set of commercials, whether it's Budweiser, Coors Light, Miller Light, Pacifico, Corona, Heineken, uh, Newcat, whatever. They, they all they they constantly telling you what, what kind of beer to drink. When their players, if they were to be out drinking and partying, it's frowned upon by not only 
the NFL, but also the fans who think that their players are just party animals and they're team destroyers. They're not when, but it, but at the same time, the NFL is willing to pump, 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 pump these beer commercials at you. So there's a bit you you understand the business of it as you look at it. The NFL has to put together these Super Bowls in which they feel like, wow, like... And they do it from the beginning of the season. I mean, in, even midway of the season. Wow, we're gonna, we could have... Brady's going to join the Bucks. We could have... Ooh, let's have Patrick Mahomes or... Or, you know... So on and so forth. Play Brady or... Let's get Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. Or let's get, uh, you know... A matchup like that, and they, and they immediately uh, start politicking around it to get to that, to get it to happen, which is the case. You can tell it was the case because all season long, the Chiefs have been getting away with holding calls. Uh, they've been on every fucking commercial from State Farm, and uh, he's doing a Gillette commercial with fucking Troy Polamalu, and Patrick Mahomes is everywhere on commercials. And they're hyping him up to be this next great fucking... The next Brady or whatever, like... And... And on the on the flip end, they had Brady over there. Who's, you know... They do what he... They do what they do with him as well. They cuddle, cuddle and coddle him along as well. And their team. Which is... The, the case in point, I mean... The NFL is really weird when it comes to their rules. But they're like like most NFL players, there's literally holding calls on every play. They could literally call a holding call a holding call on every play. Um and they happen to nab a Green Bay Packer holding a receiver and you know what? It's just the point being that the NFL constantly puts up these teams. I mean, if you haven't noticed, Patrick Mahomes is in every commercial. That's who the NFL wants to be in the Super Bowl. So, of course, they've coddled they've coddled them along this entire NFL season. If you don't believe me, uh, all you have to do is look at their fucking their body of work. Uh, just look at the, the teams that they played. Yeah, they played some good teams. Look at all the bogus calls that they've gotten. The calls against them, you know. You even touch, you even touch Mahomes right now. It's a roughing the passer. Uh, and Brady as well. Brady has been that way for years. You know, you even touch the man, and he's he's calling for a flag, and usually he gets it. Uh, and yes, the NFL's way of saying, "Wow, we're gonna have Brady in the suit. Like, have this big name in the Super Bowl." Like. And believe me, they, the, their screw jobs go on and on. And the refs constantly do that all season long. Uh, the refs are no... are the, red, the NFL refs are no different than your fucking WWE refs. They're literally no different. They know the script. They know what's up. Protect Mahomes at all costs. Do not let him get hit. Do not let him... Uh, you know... We need him. Protect. That's. And they even they even made that rule. Protect the quarterback. Like the, the quarterback is the most protected player now. 
in probably all the sports. Like, you really can't even touch the quarterback. Like, it's coming down to even the shoves. If you shove him high enough, it's a foul because you're targeting the head or whatever the case may be. Uh, That's just what it is. And, I mean, like, that's, you know. So, but... And I was telling my brother, this this goes. You you get the same cast of teams over. You start you see them over and over and over. And it has nothing to do with the teams being good. It has everything to do with well, the NFL is trying to to politic to get the best Super Bowl show that they can give. So that you all you that's why you constantly see the Packers. That's why you constantly see. Brady's peoples. That's why you constantly see the Patriots. You constantly see Pittsburgh. You constantly see Seattle. You constantly see New Orleans. You constantly see all these same teams over and over and over. And the Ravens. You see these same teams over and over and over. And then lo and behold, you get to the Super Bowl. And this NFL postseason uh, had been nothing but blowouts. There wasn't really any good nail-biting game that went to overtime. It was not even close. Most of these games weren't weren't close in the postseason. They weren't close at all. Green Bay whipped the fuck out of the Rams. Uh, yeah, most of these... The Browns whipped the fuck out of the Steelers. The Bills whipped the fuck out of the... Ravens and everybody thought that these were close games. Like, well, they're gonna be, but if you watched them, you you could tell that the team, some teams just fell apart, and and that had nothing to do with bad matchups or this or that. It just these teams are in the playoffs so much and so frequently, and they, you know, and they do this and that, and the NFL already knows there's no point. Some of these teams. The, the story is written. And what I mean by... There's a familiarity. So... The Chiefs have been all over primetime. And they've been... The last couple of... Postseasons. Everybody knows the plays are running. It's not like... They're digging up... Andy Reid is digging up any new plays. He's not inventing any new schemes. And now I give you... In the regular season, while well, they went fifteen and or uh, fourteen, fifteen and one, duh, because the refs are there to help. Come the postseason, you know, a lot of teams they get a help there too. But then this is what happens: they run into the Bucks, and then the Bucks have a good defense. But do it? Do I really believe that they were that good? No, because Green Bay should have, Green Bay should have beat the Bucks. But again, the, the refs helped that a little bit. Um, the Green Green Bay didn't help themselves as much as they would like to, and it's just it's just a whole shit show. Like the Bucks knew exactly everything that the Chiefs were gonna run. It's not like a surprise team. Like oh shit, like um, the Jacksonville Jaguars or some other random team that came in and, and they have their coach has some sneak hidden plays. You know that's not the case. And that's why you got this 31. And I knew it was going to be a blowout. You could just see the writing on the wall that the Super Bowl wasn't going to be good. I knew the Super Bowl wasn't going to be good. 
for many reasons. I mean, no no repeat quarterback. I knew, you know, no no back to back champ team has won back to back championships. Uh, I didn't take that into consideration, but I knew that that was an issue. Uh, I also knew that the Chiefs had they're they're fatigued. The the NFL, I think the NFL is fatigued of them as well. Now, I mean, that, because all on social media. Most of the people didn't watch the second half. I even talked to my brother. He was like, nah, just, you know, I think they watched the halftime show. And then there was just nothing to watch after the fact. And that's just, the Bucks are that team that came out of nowhere. And, and they got these plays that haven't been seen. And this defense that isn't common to what everybody's used to playing. And that's how they won this thing. Now, I didn't take into consideration a couple of factors into this. But I knew... Overall, this was going to be a blowout, and and like I said, for many reasons, the postseason had been riddled with play uh, blowouts. So there was not there was going to be nothing different in the Super Bowl. They, they weren't going to get two fierce teams competing, and the score be 31-32 and some last second magic, a last second field goal, or a hail mary. You weren't going to get that because there's not two. It wasn't two teams that were so far off the radar that like wow this Super Bowl is in the, one of the most improbable ones no this is a Super Bowl that was pretty much had been uh, they had been prepping this one for a cool minute and that's this is exactly why that's why I kind of felt that the Chiefs were going to get to the Super Bowl uh, once the Ravens were eliminated and once you know once there was really no Resistance to the Chiefs. I knew it was going to be the Chiefs. I I thought it was going to be Green Bay, but then I was like, you know what? It's probably going to be Tampa. We're probably headed for Chiefs Tampa Super Bowl. And I knew right then and there that the when it was that, I was like, you know what? This is the NFL. Like, and I get it. Like the NFL on paper, you have Brady going. You had all the storylines there. Like brady going for his seventh tampa bay the story the you know he just left the pages can he lead a team without belichick and then you had on the flip side well you got patrick mahomes he's throwing these fucking no look behind the back passes and the nfl has been hyping the hype train of chiefs and mahomes for quite some time and they thought that this was going to pay off in a super bowl and it didn't pay off the the Chiefs they they embarrassed they embarrassed the NFL and they embarrassed me as a fan like how the fuck are you gonna put up nine points in a game the Raiders all season long have finished eight and eight uh, at no given time did they score less than fucking double digit points at literally at no at no less time than that like like you're, for reals th- this Super Bowl was a joke. The NFL is a joke for even fucking making it a Super Bowl. Uh, the NFL needs to fucking gather up their referees, gather up their owners, and say, "Hey, look, this is an embarrassing Super Bowl. This was an embarrassment. Not only then in the pandemic, and most of their sponsors, some of their sponsors pulled out, including Budweiser. They lost money on advertising. There was no great commercials. The Super Bowl wasn't good. I mean, the only thing that came out of the Super Bowl was." Uh, a weekend gif and a meme. That's it. No, Danifa took this one on the chin, and I wouldn't be surprised 
if the NFL lashes out at both the Chiefs and the Bucks for doing such, and, and next year's Super Bowl will, will be a little bit more competitive one. Um, because this year's through and through just stank altogether. The, the NFL had no business uh, making that business decision. And they, and it's their job to, to declare with all that they, with all their might and heart, like, oh, it's and for all intents and purposes on the paper, they were like, wow, we're going to get two. There were, t- were there was talks about this game being like 34 to 31 and to be one of the all-time classes. And it turned out to be one of the all-time worst Super Bowls. Nine points. This is just as bad as Brady and, and the Rams. Patriots a few years ago putting up uh, the, the Patriots won 14 to 10 or whatever. Like, come on. Or, or 10, 10 to 7 or whatever they won. 13 to 7 that that's was just as bad um but we're gonna get into this a little bit more when i get when i'm on my way home um just getting to work so bear with me for a moment all right so i'm back i'm back in this mofo back in this motherfucker so we're talking about this let me wrap up this this super bowl this super snooze bowl because i'm pretty sure most people were like this is it was unwatchable after the halftime, pretty much. As a matter of fact, in the fourth quarter, they didn't. Nobody scored a point in the fourth quarter. When I tuned in, it was thirty-one to nine. Well, actually, I went to go get something to eat, and I like glanced at the score on the TV, and then I was just like, mm. but I knew that I knew that um, after halftime, because that's when I had went like. Sometime in the third quarter, but then I got back and the score didn't. The score didn't move. It's not like it was seventeen to nine in the third quarter, or. Uh, but it was the game was over. Like everybody, like the game was over. It was unwatchable, and and I gotta say that this has a lot to do with what the NFL constantly does to itself, because this is already, like I said, Brady's been part of that snooze. Bowl that was against the Rams. Um, <clears throat> uh, the Seahawks pretty much whipped the shit out of the Broncos a few years back. You know, forty-eight to eight or whatever it was, forty-three to eight. Um, there hasn't been that many good Super Bowls outside of maybe Seattle. And the Patriots on you know when they were in the Super Bowl a couple years ago, that one was an okay one. But even the Kansas City Chiefs 49ers one that was last year, not this one that just put them wasn't that good. I mean they it was supposed to be like this high scoring affair and it wasn't it wasn't high scoring and the NFL kind of doesn't they that's what they want. They want to see a Super Bowl score like a hundred points because I don't know, they just feel like that's and I get it, but it's not the the NFL is not the NBA. The NFL is more set up like soccer. Soccer, you know, a score of three to two is a lot of points, and that's basically what football is. <clears throat> football, that's that's <clears throat> that's a score of twenty one to fourteen. Um. That's a that's a lot of points. Now they want they want the NFL would like a, a Super Bowl like a fifty-seven to fifty-five, fifty-two to fifty-three affair. If you do the math, 
the an offense would have to score roughly seven or eight times each team. There you only get on average like eleven. They have to score like every fucking time they go down there. Which means there's an absolutely no. De- but then they call the NFL shoots themselves in the foot. They 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 call pass interference and all this bullshit. Um, you know, making it really hard for the defenders in in hopes that they get a game where it's fifty five, fifty three. But which is which is not the case. It doesn't work that way because you can just break a back of a team and just run up the score on them and then put them in such a deep hole that there is no getting out of it. There's no climbing out of the... That's what happened to the Kansas City Chiefs. There's just no climbing out of that hole. Uh, especially these well-done these well done teams. That, and that's exactly what the NFL thinks is going to happen. But these teams, are they're, they're well-trained. There's plenty of tape on Mahomes now. Um, and I, again, he had a subpar two picks. The last, the last, he damn near threw. He had two picks in the last Super Bowl, and he should have had like three or four. Uh, Mahomes is not as good as everybody says he is. And, and as a matter of fact, I hope the Chiefs organization takes this on the chin. Uh, because the Raiders got it. The Raiders hung a fat ass L on them. The only other team. The Bucks did, and I hope the rest of the NFL and the other thirty-one teams take notice of exactly what the Raiders did and what the Bucks did. The the Raiders and the Bucks basically they just ran the score up on them fuckers, and um, they put them in such a deep hole. If the if the Raiders defense was any more competent, we would have had that game back in October or November, whenever it was we played them in Arrowhead, um, Week Five or whatever. We we would have had that game 40 I think we were at 42 or 41 or 40 that should have been like 40 to 10 that should have been a complete blowout but we didn't have we don't have a competent defense yet and so such is the case that the score is not indicative to what will actually happen in the game being 40 to 32 whatever it ended up being at the last um <clears throat> but as I'm saying this is a problem in the NFL, and they haven't figured out the riddle. They haven't figured out that the really good games are just these random teams that just come up, and, and they're not, you know, Seattle when they were on the rise, and they had a good defense, and then, you know, the Giants with Eli came out of nowhere. You know, those, those to me are the best Super Bowls that I've seen recently, and, and there's been plenty of them um, that I've been paying attention to over the last... 20 years like I can't really think outside of maybe both the New York Giants Super Bowl victories over the Patriots and that has a little bit to do because of how villainous the Patriot organization is and also uh, the complete miracles that happened late game uh, for the New York Giants the and it's not and that and not a miracle. I mean, that was well, just well executed. You know, plays down the field. Just you know, you know the the helmet catch, and then uh, Mario Manningham tiptoeing in front of Belichick, uh, and Belichick didn't even hesitate to throw a challenge flag at that point. He was like, "Fuck no!" 
He's seen the, he's seen he's seen the story already before. He knew at that point I knew I knew the Patriots lost that game. The second go round with the Giants with Mario Manningham tiptoed with but seemingly like four inches or two inches of grass and, and catching the ball completely his vertically out of bounds. I knew that the Patriots lost right then and there. And I knew it because they just they seemingly the Giants were already in field goal range. Uh they were they were just marching down to kill the Patriots and and the Patriots couldn't do anything about it. Uh that they that 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 was the straw that broke the camel's back. And I, and it was late, and it was late in the game and they just broke they just broke their back. As a matter of fact, <clears throat> that play came up in a conversation I had with my neighbor like early this year. I was like, "You know what? The Dolphins were trying to let the Raiders score the touchdown." And let there be like a minute left on the clock so they could work with something. Instead, the Raiders wound the clock all the way down to 19 seconds. And then a series of unfortunate events unfolded for the Raiders. And we lost that game. Belichick tried to do that in a Super Bowl. The Giants were down at the at the end zone with like a minute to go. And he... Belichick told the players let them score so that way they can get the ball back with like a minute to go 40 some seconds whatever is how many seconds left Uh, but nothing but a touchdown was going to do it and they got Brady and they got him I mean they just they just got they just got him that's all there was to it you know Uh, and then against Seattle I mean should it should I'm of the knowledge that Marshawn shouldn't have ran it and everybody said they should have gave it to Marshawn but everybody in the world was waiting for that to happen I mean the the conversation is plug the middle like at all costs don't let Marshawn do whatever it takes push and when they checked out of it and threw a quick slant I thought that was actually a great call. It just was not executed right. It is that ball should have not been up where anybody could have got it. It should have been down and at the feet so that that, that doesn't happen. That's a little bit of an error on both Pete Carroll and also Russell Wilson not executing it well. Um, but then again, I mean, you have Marshawn there. I mean, could he just fucking? bulldoze a motherfucker which is possibly the case but they were down in the game uh, and they had to score a touchdown and I don't I don't disagree with the call it's just you know Seattle's got to live with that one that was a good one um uh, I can't think of many other good ones where where it was like wow like I couldn't believe it and, that, and a lot of it has to do because I fucking hate the Patriots. They've won a lot of them. Um, but besides that, I mean, maybe maybe Arizona and the Steelers was a good one. But I mean, San Antonio Holmes. I mean, it was that was a good game, I guess. Uh, but I can't think of any other good ones. I mean, Green Bay beating Pittsburgh was that a good one? I think they 
Greenberg, Green Bay kind of ran Pittsburgh out of it somewhere in the third and fourth quarter, and then it was just game over. But there is none of those nail biters that they have, and it's just like, well, you know what? That's what the NFL gets, and this is what the NFL gets. This is what they get for fucking uh, holding Patrick Mahomes' balls all the way to the Super Bowl, and then declaring him the next greatest of all time. And they just like seemingly everybody was like, look at these sidearm passes, these no look passes. He's fucking, he's a young champ. He's he's got all these weapons, and, and they just hyped it. They just were every, the entire NFL organization was all over the Chiefs nuts, and they, and, they, and the Chiefs deserve this fucking ass whipping. And I and I hope the rest of the NFL takes notice because they're not gonna pop off a fifteen and one record next year. I, I think they're gonna get brought back down to earth to it like a ten and six. With my Raiders being right there at nine and seven or ten and six, so that's that's my Super Bowl snooze roundup. I didn't. It wasn't. If you're a fan, you're highly disappointed. I know you were disappointed because the score was disappointing. The score was way disappointing. Um, as a random fan that's watching the game, uh, you guys. I mean, you're probably looking at it like, well, fucking the Chiefs suck because they put they scored nine points. I mean, they didn't even score a touchdown. If you if you're a random person <clears throat> that doesn't watch uh, football and you've seen nine points, and then you've seen the team basically give up somewhere in the third quarter, I mean, you probably were just on you were just there and just enjoying the party. You weren't watching the Super Bowl, so. And that's what it is. That's, what, that's why, to me, the NBA, even though sweeps happen, there's still four games. And sweeps are hard. But there's still four games, that, you know, and there's a lot to talk about, a lot of dissect. The World Series is just as good, but I think the NBA is more exciting than basketball. Than baseball. Basketball is more exciting than baseball. And uh, I, I don't, the way the NFL is going, I, I wouldn't be long before I think the NBA catches or surpasses the NFL at some point. The NFL is trending. The NFL needs a whole new makeover. Um, this all offense is not is not working. The Patriots uh, raped and abused that system and it's still continuing. Like the complete abuse that is going on with the rules is just not it's just the NFL's got to do something, and, and and this is another Super Bowl. Just they just wasted a golden opportunity to have a game that was like spectacular, and it just wasn't. Um, but moving on from all that, that's my super snooze, my super snooze bowl ra- uh, roundup wrap up. Uh, outside of that. WandaVision I think it's episode 5 But The Fucking Marvel It just It just blew the lid Open to fucking things And I'm not gonna spoil it Because I mean Maybe I'll, But I wanna talk about it uh, Cause if you haven't seen it yet I mean it's too bad I, I'm not gonna spoil the end of it But I'm probably gonna talk Retalk about WandaVision uh, once it's over, once the season finale happens, uh, 
Um, now, I, episodes one and two, I kind of feel that episode one and two should have been just one long, one long episode. Um, like similar, like to how the Mandalorian did it, season two, they opened up with like a a fifty minute episode, and then they they shrunk it down to thirty minute episodes after the fact, forty minute episodes. WandaVision should have done that. But it's not a blunder. It's, you know, it's not anything. I mean, it's just kind of like that's... I thought that's what they should have done with it. They should have combined those two episodes, one and two, into an episode. But I don't I don't hate the decision. I mean, you know. I think they're going to pump out all these Marvel shows and series, you know, to the nth degree. And they want episodes. And... and and outside of the Mandalorian, which is Disney's Plus's first like stab at a really good series, I think the problem that they encompassed was people canceled the subscription right after the Mandalorian season one ended, which they stretched it out to ten episodes or I think eight episodes, which is like two months. So the goal is not to have like a six episode affair. I think Disney wants like a ten episode, which I think is what's going to happen in the WandaVision because episode episode five to me was like the midway point and it was like a boom, like a bomb went off. So I think this is going to go ten episodes. And now I think Disney is going to put this one out. They're going to, you know... They're getting more stars. And so they're going to try to keep you year-round having the pass. So, but that, but anyways, so episodes one and two of WandaVision <coughs> could have been compressed to one episode, but I, I get why they didn't. I, I totally understand it. That's a business move. I, do I really care as a fan? No. Um, and you are able to watch episodes one and two uh, to from the jump, so... But as episode 3 went, I think that's when they get a little bit of color. <clears throat> the story, getting a little bit more of the story. And the story is, so far, I don't have all the pieces. And now I'm just speculating shit with everybody that I talked to that's watched it. WandaVision is becoming more into the Scarlet Witch and less uh, Wanda. Her powers are... And she's probably suffering because she lost a lot. She lost both Petro and Vision uh, in in Age of Ultron, and then again in Infinity War. Um, and so uh, I take it that she's grieving, and maybe her mind snapped up top, you know, from the post PTSD. Which to me is kind of seemingly was what they're hinting at. That this is like some sort of PTSD but for the heroes. Like, And I think we're going to get a little bit into that with some of these other characters. Um, seemingly as the fucking... I mean, Spider-Man was the last movie that came out post um, Endgame. And they kind of talk about it slightly that he, everywhere he went, he was seeing Tony. But, 
you know, he was looking up to Tony, not, you know, listen, Tony had PTSD um, in Endgame. He was <clears throat> talking about, you know, he, you know, um, keep what he has, yes, bring back what was lost, definitely, but it wasn't, he didn't want it to cost either one. Um, and they brought back Spider-Man. So Spider-Man did, but Spider-Man didn't have anybody close to him outside of Tony that died. Wanda has multiple people people around her that have died. Um, we don't know what's going to happen with, you know, the Hulk. He might be suffering a little bit. Uh, we know Thor was already suffering from PTSD in Endgame. And then we don't know what's going to happen with Hawkeye because, you know, now that, you know, Black Widow is no longer there. Uh, we don't know how that's going to affect him. So, but this is Wanda's, I think this is overall, she's suffering from PTSD. And I think her powers are just trying to, like, encapsulate her in a bubble. To where it's going to ease the reality of everything that's going on to her. And it's going to ease the pain. And that's kind of why I think <clears throat> it's set up like as a as like a 1960s sitcom. Because it's supposed to be like, there's, a you know, laughter in the background every fucking every other line they say. And I, and I kind of feel like that's like how Wanda's coping with things. But it come to find out, as you flash forward to like the fourth and fifth episodes, she ends up pregnant with visions because like she's building a whole reality inside of this city called Westview, which is actually Eastview. And um, they bring back Darcy from Thor and then Thor, the Dark World. And they weren't in Thor Ragnarok, but they were in the first two Thor movies. Natalie Port. And uh, and Darcy, I don't know Darcy's name, her actor, her real actor name, off the top of my head, but I know her name is Darcy. Um, but anyways, <clears throat> she sent to go investigate the anomaly that is uh, Wanda's hexagonal fucking Wanda's hexagonal uh, reality that she created, and basically, you know. They, they don't know what's going on. They, they don't know why it's happening or what. But what they do know is Wanda went to go and take Vision's body that I think they were doing. You can't tell what they were doing. But I, what I do think that they were doing was they were trying to reboot him. Or she took his body and then she brought it to... Westview, and then she pumped life back into him, which makes a lot of sense because, as I was telling my brother on the phone, I, I didn't know how why Vision died in the movie. I understand it. They took the fucking Infinity Stone out of his goddamn head, and he like basically they unplugged him, and then Thanos threw his body like a rag doll. Um, but I didn't understand why that why that. Like 
unplugged him in a sense. Like he was, but he, because he was more than just the Infinity Stone. He had Jarvis, he had Tony, he had uh, his own conscience. He had the real, the the Mind Stone in him. Um, there was like four or five overlapping, and that's even said in I don't know what movie now. So, but I didn't understand. Maybe that was his like his battery pack, but. I didn't get... And they were trying to separate the stone from him initially. Before it was ripped out. So I didn't... He could live without it. So I'm assuming that Wanda... You know, the Scarlet Witch probably turned the lights on for him again. Without the stone. Which which is... If it is the case, he's not going to have his power up top. But he should still be a super robot. Like... That's pretty much invincible. That can carry uh, Thor's hammer, you know. So I think she's responsible for him coming, and then you know, she starts becoming Vision becomes self-aware of what's going on in the world. I don't. He just becomes aware of it in a sense because of what's going on around him, and then he. He figures out that Wanda can't control his mind and he doesn't know. He didn't know what was going on at first, but he starts picking up a lot of clues. Uh, Especially, he was like, he walks in and he's like, Well, I had to put my my mask back on because somebody's going to come into the door at any second. And right on cue, the lady walks in and he's like, That's part of it. And then he gets an email from Sword. When there was no emails in those days. And then he reads the dude's mind. That he finds out that that dude's trapped. Wanda has him trapped in his mind. Doing all kinds of other shit. So. Vision figures it out. And he hits up. Mind you. They, they have kids. But he hits up Wanda about it. And she's like not having it. And at some point, you know, without giving too much away, but she's in charge of the whole bubble. And for whatever reason, they summon, but, and it hasn't made it clear yet, but the Quicksilver from X-Men, that version of Quicksilver shows up in WandaVision and greets her at the front door. Uh, and he tells her, hey, you know, I came to see my, you know, he knows her. So, uh, but she acknowledged that Petro died in, in Ultron, in Sokovia, but that her brother just walked through the door. And then Darcy says that Wanda recast Petro, but I'm not exactly sure if that's a recast. Because it looked as if Wanda was like, well, this is my brother, but it's not my brother at the same time. Um, and it's fascinating because he's an X-Men. I, I, I don't think it's going to be any doubt about it that he's that an X-Men is now has now stepped foot into the MCU. But it'd be interesting to see if he stays or what the gimmick is. Because I, Vision had no idea who it was. 
Um, and I had to go back and watch that last like thirty seconds of WandaVision because it reveals a lot. Like you got to look at Wanda's face; like she doesn't completely know. But it could be shocked that he showed up, um, and then she brought him back to life. But may, but I don't think she brought him. I think she sucked him from another realm. Uh, they don't know the extent of her powers either. Uh, it's all up in the air, and it's all kind of. Like up for interpretation, more or less. Um, but at speaking about, I mean, if it is in case Quicksilver just absolutely fucking rolling up to fucking the MCU just like that. Uh. I mean, Matt, I I can't get over. It. I was like, yo. I hope they I hope they open up the floodgates here. Like I want I want to see the introduction of some of the X-Men. It doesn't even have to be all. Quicksilver is good, but I want them to fucking talk about it a little bit more. I want them to fucking I want him to say that they're talk about their father. I want them to talk about you know these other these other pe- persons, you know. They can they I mean they already dropped they already dropped a fucking. The DJ went, you know, when you're at the club and, and he does a, you know, and you fucking pause him and everybody's looking. Uh, he just he just hit the D like everybody. This is huge and it, and it's huge going forward because as the movies start coming out and as more of these shows start coming out, if they start involving the rest of these characters and bringing them into. We, you know, we don't know. I I hope Marvel doesn't fumble it, and I don't think they. I don't think they are. But I I hope they don't fumble. I hope this is the real Quicksilver, and I hope that they get shit gets explained. And I hope, I'm hope to God that, you know, that everything is going that way. I hope that we're gonna start crossing. You know, I was telling my brother if that's if they can bring back. Uh, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. He don't even have to fucking be shirtless. He can be a different version of a Wolverine. He doesn't have to be old man Logan or running around shirtless. He can actually just be the yellow and blue spandex. But but maybe not as corny as like the bright yellow and the baby blue. Maybe, you know. It may be without the face mask, you know. But I would like to see the X-Men squatted up in the, in the yellow and blue colors. You know, with Quicksilver and so on and so forth, uh, but maybe we're gonna get that. They could possibly can bring back Hugh Jackman. It's po- it, anything's a possibility now because who knows if that's even that quick? And they don't. We don't even know if she's if it's not possible that she doesn't bring back the other Quicksilver, or if they don't meet. Um, we don't know who, how these powers of hers even happen and why it's a hex. Uh, is possibly uh, a dimensional portal that she tapped into as well into either Mephisto's realm or so on, you know, these other realms that exist, you know. So, yeah, but this WandaVision is good. Also, I want to touch briefly on The Expanse. Boy, oh boy, season five is wild, man. Um, it picks up right where season four left off. 
uh, a lot of shady shit's going down, and Marco fucking threw three rocks at planet Earth using Mars stealth tech, and he caused an untold amount of damage on the planet and declared the belt to be independent and to be the sole right rulers of the ring. And he owns the last little bit of protomolecule. And and that story is fucking good, man. I mean, I'm gonna once the I'm gonna finish off the expanse first because that's easier to finish off because I can just binge watch it. Now I'm gonna finish off WandaVision as well. Now that you know that I'm now that the these shows are peaking, man. I mean the expanse, man. Oh, man, the whole in season five is kind of different than what I expected it, but it's not. Um, at, at the same time, I just I don't remember watching the entire squad is separated. Um, Holden, you know, Holden is out in space with the Rossi by himself. Um, the pilot is with. Uh, Draper in on Mars, homie, the big dude is on Earth doing God knows what in Baltimore. Fucking well, he, he went to go visit his dead his dead mother, and then um, Holden's uh, chick gets abducted by Marco. So all f- all four or five of them are are completely away from each other. Uh, and it'd be interesting to see when do they get back. In together because I don't really know if the homie on Earth can get up to space. Um, it was just the Earth was just decimated by three asteroids that hit like, and it almost I I think it ice aged the Earth. It, it hasn't said any. They haven't said how much damage was done on Earth, other than the fact that Marco immediately claimed right to the entire. To the expanse, which is what the rings are. That's the actual expanse. That's they go. They have the ability to travel through the ring and visit different parts of the galaxy uh, without having to travel through the galaxy. And the belt pretty much said that, "Hey, this is ours," and they were not. They're not going to allow. Neither Earth or Mars to use the ring that they're going to be in control of it because they didn't. Earth and Mars had been at a petty stalemate war wise, pointing rockets and missiles at each other for century or I don't know how long it, how far into the future the expanse is set. But <clears throat> the belt says that. They were oppressed, and this is basically their revolution. And I actually agree with I actually agree with Marco. I, I forget his last name. Um, he's right because the atrocities that were and they explain that over and over again. Uh, how the belt got stranded on a ship, and because of whatever Mars and Earth were doing, that they didn't get the air, they didn't get the water, they were left to fucking be on the outer planets, you know, mining away. Uh, they couldn't even... They had to mine and get rid of their own supplies to feed, you know, to get water to 
to Mars, and it just that it was just it's just a mess. Um, the colonies, you know, they're a total mess. Uh, and then it, to me, it kind of seems like Mars, both Mars and Earth, even though they were at a stalemate with each other, um, war-wise, the stalemate had actually caused their 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 constant like. Mars wanted to attack Earth for the longest. Earth wanted to attack Mars for the longest. That actually drove them to to harvest. And they took their eyes off of the humanitarian stuff that needed to be done at the belt. And and this is this is the end result. I mean they Marco chucked he actually chucked the big rock, but it got it got crushed up as it passed the sun. They're lucky that whole that whole rock didn't fucking hit the earth. But it broke down in a couple pieces. Um But yeah, he he's right. He, uh I kind of agree with what he's with his and and he's right. And I think he's right because the the factions that had splintered the belt and the Belters, the LPA, and the other the other factions of it, um, there was no unity. There's this they they couldn't get unified because outside of the atrocities that atrocities that was that the Earth and Mars were both committing against the Belt, they then decided who got to you know get rich here, get rich there, or who they were buying from or who they weren't buying from. And the belt couldn't unify because there was a there was like a power vacuum that kind of similar to what happens in you know like the Middle East. Um, you you take off one dictator and then there's three or four that are vying for you know power and then Earth and Mars use them against each other to. Uh, to find out who's who do what for cheaper, who do who steal from this guy, who mine this for for that price, and that's kind of what was going on with the uh, with the belt. And the belt is right for doing what they did. I know they they could have done it another way, but I don't think they, I don't think it could. And I don't. That's kind of you know, and it's hard to say this as an American, but I, I don't as an American. I think we should stay out of the Middle East. You know, we don't need to be there. The Middle East can do what the Middle East does all by themselves. Um, and, and much as much as the case, but we go over there and we fuck with them. And the, and after fucking with the Middle East for so long, I mean, nine eleven was just it. Would, that's just what was gonna. There was just a. Uh, it just what was gonna happen. I mean, we need to stop fucking with the Middle East. Point blank, that terrorism shit doesn't really happen in Brazil because Brazil's not over there. It doesn't happen in Canada. It doesn't happen in some of these because they're not over there fucking with it. We're over there fucking with them for what reason? I, I is beyond me. Could it be solely on the fact that we need oil? You'd be hard pressed to convince me that that was the absolute sole reason we're over there. But outside of that, I don't know of any other reason. What so that way we don't 
So that, you know, Saddam Hussein doesn't build nukes, but I mean, they, we never found them. Um, yeah, and, and so we don't need to, we don't police China, we don't police Brazil, we don't police any of these, we don't roll in there with the military. I don't know why we roll in there. But, anyways, the belt was right for doing what they did. I mean, they, now that they're, I think the belt will unify. Uh, there's still some rogue uh, heads, but, that that's something that's going to unify the belt. And now that they have the strategic power to do these such things and can wield around some muscle, um, they, they this is their revolution. So it'd be interesting to see how the season... That's as far as I got. They, they just hammered the earth with some rocks. And I was like, all right, well... Motherfucking Marco made a lot of sense in his little his little two minute speech at the end of that episode. Uh, motherfucker was spot on, and it was an actually good. It was a good speech. It actually had me like, you know what? I I would want to be part of the belt after that speech he gave. I it was a little corny. They put an anarchy flag behind them. They should have they should have had a better symbol. Uh, for the belt, um. They should have the the graphic designers whoever put that in there. They, I mean, I guess, I guess, but they should have had a little bit better of a flag behind them, or they should have put him more into like, you know, in the military pose. I don't know, but they could have done that a little bit better. But all his speech, the guy that's playing Marco, his speech is good. As a matter of fact, I don't know who's in charge of ha- having them because I can't. It's borderline Irish. But also, to me, it seems like Irish crossed with, like, a Southern American, like a Dominican or a Jamaican or maybe not Jamaican, but maybe more like a, like, I can't put my finger on what that accent is, but they, they all speak like, talk like that. And it's good. Like, it doesn't seem, not all of them, it seems corny and made up. Some of them, it's natural. So whoever got those people to do and that's a good that's a good little layer on top of all of it their speech is different it's not it, it's kind of like a borderline irish speech but it's not at the same time but it it's good like it just adds another little wrinkle that they're always going to be able to tell who's on the belt who's a natural belty and who is that they call the inners which is the uh, Mars and Earth in in the Moon, uh, the inners in the belt in the belt pretty much. I don't know if they've got uh, anything to do with Mars hatred, but they do. Everybody hates Earth. <laughs> so, but that's it for this guy. I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap this episode up here because it's fucking late. It's like eight thirty at night. I'm gonna go in and watch the episode and knock out, but. As soon as I finish up The Expanse and WandaVision, I'll be talking about those. Um, fuck the Chiefs. Fuck Tom Brady, too. I don't give a fuck about his seven rings. Fuck him and his cheating ass. And he's kissing his fucking son on the lips. Fucking punk bitch ass. Um, and go Raiders. And now it's officially, let's go Lakers. Let's go Dodgers. Because uh, football is done with for the time being. Um, but that's it for this episode, guys. This is kind of a long one, but I'll catch you guys on the next one next week sometime. I'm out.